We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, life after J.K. Dobbins has officially set in in Baltimore and as the Ravens placed him on IR Tuesday officially, the conversation surrounding a potential upgrade at running back is getting louder and louder, Bobby, among fans and media alike. Yeah, and Sarah, the player who's probably generating the most buzz is disgruntled star and Indianapolis Colt, Jonathan Taylor. CBS Sports has pushed that agenda hard, and so did NFL Network. I am Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Wednesday, September 13th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. So, Sarah, it was an active day of roster moves and different designations on Tuesday, so we're going to catch you up to speed on everything, including which veteran offensive lineman signed with Baltimore. And plus, we've got former Ravens wide receiver Torrey Smith. He weighed in with his perspective after watching Zay Flowers and his amazing electric debut in Baltimore. And we all know that Lamar Jackson was under pressure a lot on Sunday. A leaky offensive line, that's for sure. So we're going to take a look at how he fared under duress. We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So, JK, officially designated, placed on injured reserve, season-ending, unfortunately, for JK, who we're all heartbroken for. But as we mentioned in the post-game show, life moves on quickly in the NFL, and it's not only week two, but now the Ravens are shifting gears. It's Wednesday. The game planning begins and has already begun for the Cincinnati Bengals. It'll be a one o'clock kickoff this coming Sunday. And of course, we'll have our post-game live stream for you as soon as that one finishes up. But Sarah, look, I'm on record. I have a personal video out on my personal YouTube channel within the last 24 hours of saying, I really think that the Ravens should look into potentially upgrading at running back. That's not to say that I don't feel like they have the guys to be productive it's just a matter of protecting the, the, the roster, protecting guys who have an injury history, specifically Gus Edwards in the last couple of years, played in just nine games a year ago, and then, of course, had the whole 2021 season wiped out because of that non-contact torn ACL. There's a lot of buzz right now in national circles, 
regional circles, local circles here in town that are thinking about a potential upgrade at running back, and that is Jonathan Taylor, who is a disgruntled Indianapolis Colt. We know that it was an offseason unlike any other at the running back position this this offseason with the market just going all over the place, very volatile. Zoom calls among all of them talking about what their value is at this point in the game. And Jonathan is one of those. He's not happy with where things are at in Indy. He's seeking a contract extension. It's important to note that he's on IR right now, so he will not be available until at the earliest week five. But here's CBS Sports talking a little bit about potentially his fit in Baltimore. And this is former Steelers cornerback Brian McFadden. We'll react to it on the other side. If I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I understand this has been like musical chairs at the running back position, but let's see how things evolve in the backfield without J.K. Dobbins, because if things are not really working as well, there's a disgruntled running back that's also in the AFC in Jonathan Taylor. We know we won't see him for the what, first four or five weeks of the season, yep. but eventually he will be healthy and ready to go. And if you're the Baltimore Ravens, if you don't like exactly what's happening in the backfield with Hill and Edwards, throw something out there to the Colts and see what it actually would take to to be able to get a guy like JT in your lineup. Because if you think about what they have going on offensively, you didn't see Mark Andrews today, but of course Zay Flowers seemed to be a big-time contributor for their offense. You know, they got Bateman, you got Odell Beckham. Mm -hmm. If you get a guy like Jonathan Taylor standing next to Lamar Jackson, me being a Pittsburgh Steeler, I wouldn't want to see it, <laughs> but I got to be unbiased in my take. I think that might be something to consider. Wouldn't want to see it as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Now listen, no, no opponent would want to see Jonathan Taylor in the Baltimore Ravens uniform. Uh, Bobby, there's there's kind of like, you know, what kind of what you've said. You'd like to see them upgrade. Here's Brian McFadden saying, holy moly, this would be a big move. Ian Rappaport on NFL Network, he also brought it up saying, hey, this could be a marriage that that's out there. So first there's would it make sense? And then there's what what do you predict the Ravens will do? Okay. The Ravens, I do not believe we're going to go out and look for an upgrade at running back. John Harbaugh was asked point blank on Monday, will you be looking outside the organization for a running back? He said, quote, no, <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> like if the no didn't, you know, explain it to you enough. No, I think we're good. I like the guys we have Melvin Gordon. He's here for a reason. So I think that the Ravens feel that they are still good at running back. There's no doubt J.K. Dobbins was the most all-around running back. There's no doubt that Jonathan Taylor would be an upgrade. By the way, those aren't the only names being tossed around. I'm seeing among fans asking us questions about Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt. Those two guys, I wouldn't try to go out and get them. I like who the Ravens have on the roster better. Then we were all drooling over Keaton Mitchell during the preseason. Now, of course, it's one thing to do it during the preseason. It's another thing to do it during the season. So I don't think the Ravens are going to go out and try to upgrade at the running back position. It's hard to turn down somebody like Jonathan Taylor, but you always have to keep these things in context. What's he going to cost? He's going to want, you know, a record setting for, for running backs kind of contract. Is that like four years, 50 million? I've seen that kind of out there being floated out. It's a lot. If you do go out and get Jonathan Taylor, you definitely can say goodbye to, to JK Dobbins, which you may already be at that place anyway. Um, because I know the Ravens were kind of uh, what it felt like to me is the Ravens were like, well, let's see if you can stay healthy this year. And then we'll talk about, 
what all the running backs are talking about, which is getting more money. So Jonathan Taylor is obviously more proven. So if you go out and get him, shoot, maybe that's like a Roquan Smith situation. I didn't think the Ravens would have been able to afford Roquan. But when you have a guy that changes things as much as he did, then you can find a way. So uh, it's hard to turn down a Jonathan Taylor, but it's like without knowing what the asking price is, what the trade compensation is, what the culture are looking at, I I, I can't pound the table and say, yeah, you got to go get him. Um, I certainly wouldn't be against it, uh, but I, I think the Ravens are going to stand pat. I keep going back to this whole Super Bowl window that we feel like we're in, and that's what we spoke about so often throughout this offseason. The Ravens are in... Do, not do or die mode, but win now mode. Like they feel like they are capable and they have the roster to do it, to compete well into January and then on to February. Now, whether or not that's the case currently right now, after the onslaught of injuries that they sustained on Sunday is up for debate. But I think we both agreed that going into the season, we both felt like that. And a lot of people felt like that with the roster construction. So while it would be probably significant amount of resources to go and get a Jonathan Taylor and they're not exact, they're cap strapped in a sense from a, if, 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 if those numbers are what he's looking for. And you mentioned that that would probably equate to your classic record resetting kind of deal at the running back market for Jonathan and spot Trek is telling me right now that the Ravens are scheduled to possess just 11.3 million in cap space next off season, which is always, there's always wiggle room structure. We know Eric is, is capable of, of having flexibility there. But I guess the avenue that I took was looking at Jonathan as a short-term rental within, within this win-now mode where you get to next offseason, you just you, you fill a void right now for the next several months or starting week five because that's when he's going to be available and you're going for it right now and you figure out the rest later, whether that be, yeah, he's just a rental and he moves on to his next team, whoever's willing to pay him this time next, you know, next year or use the the dreaded franchise tag on them. Like, that's just, that's my thought. Like, I, I love Gus Bus, but like I mentioned at the top, the last couple of years, it just makes you nervous. Is he really going to be available for you throughout this entire season? Is Justice capable of being somebody more than just an RB3? He's shown flashes of that. Is Melvin Gordon a guy who's going to protect the football consistently, give you his durability at this point in his career oh, oh by the way are you going to feel good about it in january if he if he's getting snaps to me i'm not i'm not going to sleep well if that's the running back case and i know that this year they have more talent around them and they're going to be less reliant on the game on the running on the rushing attack but it's just something that i wanted to to consider because if they're in win now mode it seems like that would make sense yes i know the resources are could be through the roof Draft compensation wise, maybe you'd have to give up a player as well to get get Taylor, but food for thought. So here's here's my question to you, Bobby, because I I hear what you you're saying here. Um, although I feel like I have a little bit more faith in the guys that you just named, but but your concerns are valid. So you aren't obviously thinking of doing the record setting deal with them. You're saying, okay, let's do this this year rental via a trade. How much? What in draft compensation are you willing to give up to get? a season, just less than a season of John. Well, uh, probably like 75% of the season of Jonathan Taylor. What are you willing to give up? Because remember you can get a pretty, the next big running back, maybe in the second or third round of the draft. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what well, are you willing to give up? If you've seen some of the tweets out there, and this is where the this is where it may start and end right here, because when you've seen some of the conversations surrounding what Jim Ursay would be looking for, it's absurd. So, and not something that I'd be comfortable with giving up a Rashad Bateman, for example, right? Like I'd be comfortable with a mid round pick, a third rounder, a fourth rounder, anything more than that. It's like, you know, granted, if they win the Super Bowl, you, you look at it hindsight 2020, but, uh, but yeah, it seems as if what they're looking for based on reports that have been out there is is not feasible and wouldn't be worth it for the Ravens. Ride with your guys. At the same time, it gives me concerns just knowing that, yeah, that they got weaker when J.K. went down. And, and given what we've already talked about track record-wise in the running back room and how important that is to this team and how it's going to set up what they do offensively outside the numbers now and with their new playmakers – just a con- just an interesting conversation, an interesting exercise, and you wonder if Eric's fielding any calls. Well, and here's yeah, I will just say this, and we'll end it on this. We'll move on to other stuff. This is I didn't know that we were going to talk this long on this. We are so funny. We can always talk so long. Um, here's the good. Here's like the the upside of this with Jonathan Taylor on. I think it's pup. I, I went. I saw a lot of people reporting IR. I went to the Colts roster. It said pup, but regardless. It's that he can't play till week five at the earliest. Um, the Ravens have a couple weeks to see what they have in these guys, which was which is what I liked about Brian McFadden's point. Uh, unless somebody else is you know coming in and ready for a trade right now, the Ravens have a couple weeks to be like, all right, let's see what Gus and Justice and Melvin can do before we go out and try to find an upgrade somewhere. So maybe this is a conversation we we, we revisit come week four. Fair enough. Fair enough. On to the signing of the day, and that's a practice squad signing. There was a couple, but probably most notably, the Ravens brought in veteran safety Deron Harmon and signed him to their practice squad, according to multiple reports. Harmon's played a lot of football. We're talking about 78 career starts, 86 tackles, a couple picks to go along with that. Uh, That was just for the Raiders last year, by the way. But again, it's notable because we know that Marcus Williams is dealing with that pectoral setback that he sustained on Sunday in week one. So yes, this is insurance, but this is a guy who's got championship pedigree. I played on three of the, the Patriots Super Bowl championship teams. He's been a starter for the Lions, Falcons, Raiders over the last few years. And again, I think this is just a, a, a good, solid move, low risk potential. I don't know about high reward, but at least high protection while Marcus tries to get back. And they're hopeful, as we covered earlier this week, they're hopeful that he will be back before the end of the season. Yeah, so I, I think the Ravens, it was, uh, judging by what John Harbaugh said in Monday's press conference, he was quick. He's like, oh, we got a few options there. The Ravens knew about Harmon. This this did not take long. He tried out for them reportedly earlier. The Ravens have already been acquainted with him. Sounds like a guy who's in shape. Not some Sometimes you go out and get veterans. They're not quite in shape, game, you know, ready to go play in games. Um, This feels like a kind of um, Ronald Darby situation to me in the sense that it was like, oh, wow, you've got like this really experienced player who's just right there. And then after being at the Ravens with the Ravens for like a week or two, he went out and played almost, I think it was like 90% of the snaps. I mean, something crazy like that. So that's how I feel about Daron Harmon. And now you've got him on the practice squad. 
you can elevate them or you cannot you you they needed to make a move because if they had have one more injury there you're like you've got nobody so they elevated Worley from the practice squad he's now officially on the 53 man roster he takes JK Dobbins spot when JK went on IR and so yeah to me I mean Harmon over his career from what I understand he's he's allowed only 10 touchdowns <laughs> Over his career, I'm looking at 23, 23 interceptions. So I want to go in and, and double check these these stats. That sounds that sounds pretty good. And he's almost exclusively a free safety, which is exactly what they needed to replace with Marcus Williams going down. So listen, he's not Marcus Williams. He's going to be 33 in January. He's a little bit older, but this feels like a Ronald Dart. A Darby signing where it's like sweet, solid veteran. You can count on he played in 16 games, so he's healthy from last year. Um, I, I like this signing. I feel I feel like it's it's fortunate to have him there. Um, there right after week one, and he's just and he's just sitting there. He wasn't the only move made, as I alluded to a minute ago. They also promoted Daryl Worley to the 53-man roster. He was one of the two practice squad call-ups you might remember on game day last weekend. They released cornerback Tay Hayes from the practice squad, who was a training camp pickup. As we mentioned up top, J.K. is officially on injured reserve, season ending with the Achilles tear. By the way, Aaron Rodgers, since we were recording during the game and all that information hadn't been out there. I'm sure you've seen it because it's literally been on every single news outlet in the history it's of time, everywhere. <laughs> but Aaron's story and they're calling it the most deflating. How about this? They're calling it the most deflating moment in New York sports history. That's what I saw on television today. So anyway, needless to say the jets are no longer riding with Aaron Rodgers. Their super bowl hopes have been crushed. Zach Wilson is their guy right now. They're riding with him. If I'm them, I'm calling up Carson Wentz, Jacoby Brissett, or uh, there's a few other guys that remain unsigned and available out there. Tyler Huntley could be a name. <laughs> Matt Ryan's in the CBS broadcast booth. He's available. But out of all those guys, I'm going with Carson Wentz. I'll give him one more chance. And that's what I'm doing. If or, or I'm sure a lot of you are screaming at me through the table right now you, or through the screen. What about Joe? What about yeah. Joe Flacco? He's available. He's available, but... <laughs> Who's going to give you the best chance to win? Who's going to give you the best chance to win right now? I love Joe. Joe. He's 38 years old. Joe Vincent Flacco is the answer to your question. Sarah, he had his final, in my estimation, he had his final chance last year. And maybe it was the lack of talent around him. And maybe it was the inconsistency with the offensive line. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But he did not look good last year whatsoever for the Jets. So, hey, I'm just trying to get him to 40, Bobby. You're, you don't understand the agenda here. I want him to be able to play until he's 40. Understood. Understood. <laughs> Here's the other signing to the practice squad. Veteran offensive lineman Kyle Fuller has been signed. That's according to Aaron Wilson. And as Cole Jackson, our guy, I'm actually going to be doing a live stream with him coming up on Thursday on my personal channel to go over a bunch of things and the adjustments that were made because we know that the offensive line performance in that first half against Houston was underwhelming to say the very least. And then something changed. They made some necessary adjustments at halftime. Anyway, he made a note on Twitter that he feels like this is definitely going to be with the, with the Kyle Fuller signing. He thinks that they're riding with Sam Mustafer at starting center with Linderbaum being down and that Patrick McCary with Ronnie being down is going to take over at left tackle, much like we've seen in the last couple of years with Ronnie being unavailable. So there was that. And then wait, like, real quick noted, on that. 
Yeah. On, oh, maybe you're about to say it. Go ahead. Oh, I, yeah, I was just going to say, because you were talking about the offensive line. Uh, Marcus Williams, Ronnie Stanley, Nor Linderbaum, Tyler Linderbaum were put on IR with all those moves that we've mentioned. I've seen uh, fans ask whether that means that, like, Stanley or Linderbaum, there might be some confidence that they'll be back before four weeks. It's a little bit too early to say that for sure. Um, the Ravens smartly will wait. If, if those guys are going to go on IR, they don't have to do that until Saturday. So right. they want, uh, not that I think the Bengals, the Bengals may already know that Stanley and Linderbaum aren't playing. I don't think they are. I think Harbaugh on Monday said there was a chance because he wanted to put out there to make their coaches kind of study for him. Um, so, but they're going to use every advantage they can. And so they're going to wait till Saturday to make that decision. Now, if by Saturday, if we're here talking Sunday and, and Stanley and Linderbaum have not put on IR, been put on IR, then there's a chance that we're like, okay, then the Ravens are pretty confident that they, really are maybe one to three week injuries. Let's get to Lamar Jackson. There was a graphic that you pulled off of ESPN today that I thought was super interesting. And it just spoke to, you know, specifically what Lamar was like protected and not protected statistically <laughs> yeah. on Sunday against the Texans. And as we know, all hell broke loose when he wasn't protected. Here are the numbers. And for our audio only people, it's, it's broken up into four different categories here and two columns Pressured and not pressured. Uh, completions versus attempts, yards per attempt, turnovers, and total QBR. Pressured, he was two of seven with two yards per attempt, two turnovers, an interception, and the fumble. Total QBR, 0 0.2. Not pressured, night and day, 15 of 15, 10.3 yards per attempt, zero turnovers, and a 65 Total QBR. Sarah, he you saw it across the league too. When you're when guys were not protected at the quarterback position in week one, the numbers look like the left hand side column here. So Lamar is not special in that category. Well, I, I actually don't know. I don't know what other people's numbers are, pressure versus under pressure. I will say this to your point. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 0-1. Josh Allen is 0-1. Uh, Joe Burrow is 0-1. Justin Herbert is 0-1. And Lamar Jackson is 1-0. So <laughs> that I know. So, you know, us digging into this, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to overreact to it. But here's kind of the point, which is, you know, of why I grabbed it. It really is night and day. And so the segment that was talking about it, the the, the announcer says, so is it really that easy? All you got to do is put is put some pressure on Lamar, and then he implodes. That was kind of the question uh, to Marcus Spears. So, and I bring it up because I'm concerned about the offensive line, obviously, because they were already struggling, and now you've got two backups coming in, and so we have to anticipate struggles. So we can't expect Lamar to act like having a leaky offensive line is nothing. We can't expect that. What we do want, however, is to bring these numbers up big time because he was pressured, especially in that first half. It felt like he was, you know, pressured. Like it, it felt like it got to him almost every single play. So we know the pressure's coming because the offensive line is, is, is no bueno. Part of this, I feel like, is that this is a new Ravens offense. 
I also think it's part of this is that in the past, Lamar has been fine to go ahead and take off and run when the pressure gets to him, which is a big threat to the defenders. We read that in yesterday's show. Um, the Texans defensive end said, oh yeah, Lamar made it much easier on us because he didn't want to run. So I think these numbers will go up if, if he, you know, can, if he runs more, cause that automatically threatens them. Doesn't let them come all out with these pressures and blitzes. But the second thing is, I just think he's going to learn how to do it in this new offense. And there's, there's he and Todd Munkin are going to figure this out. So when you're pressured and you don't want to run, then you've got to get better at small things that you've really never done before. So check downs, right? So I uh, um, was watching it back and forth with Spencer Schultz. We've referred to him before. He's, he's a qualified um, scout. And so he was talking about how Lamar does the hard things super well, like throwing across the middle when – that's like the hardest thing. Most quarterbacks don't like to do that. But then he's not on time with some of his checkdowns with his running backs, right? He doesn't anticipate those as well. Or something like he's the greatest uh, running quarterback in history, but yet his QB sneaks. <laughs> you know, it's not like an automatic thing, right? So Spencer used the awesome analogy that it's like um, he's great at like driving a Lamborghini, but like can't handle a Honda, Honda Civic, right? And I think it's mostly because he's just not used doing it. So he and Todd Munkin are going to have to get together to figure out, hey, if you're not going to take off and run, um, which that is still open, how can we in this new offense help you when you feel that pressure? Because it's coming. Make no mistake, it's coming with this offensive line. So um, I just also want to point out, because a lot of people have done this too, um, people were all over Lamar, including us. I mean, we called it out at least that he needed to be more careful with the football. He had those two turnovers. I did not know this stat. Josh Allen, he had a putrid. Okay, again, this game was going on while you and I were talking. He had so many turnovers in that game alone, but he's got 84 over his career. Remember, he and Lamar came into the league together in 2018. Josh Allen has 84 turnovers. Lamar Jackson has 55. 55. That's almost 30 less. So let's ease up on this idea that he's just like this turnover machine because that just is not the case. There's something weird going on in Buffalo. I don't know what it is. The, the internal chemistry seems like it's off just based on body language, overall drama. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen last year at the end of the season – you know, that what was caught on camera. It just, I don't know. It, the Bills have so much talent and they're always going to be there. I just wonder if their biggest enemy is themselves internally. They, how do you not win that game? Aaron Rodgers, the most, they're talking about the most deflating moment in the history of New York sports and you can't win up against Zach Wilson. Josh Allen had four turnovers, to your point. He never they quite had a looked 10 comfortable. 10-point lead. 10-point lead. They coughed it up. And you're going up against, again, a, a team that lost a guy that they've built around for the last five months. So right. that was pretty shocking to me. And oof, I, I get the sense the, that the Jets, the Jets have to make some sort of 
adjustment at quarterback if they want to, because they're so talented. So they have a top five defense. They have playmakers all over the board, offensively speaking, running back, wide receiver, you tight end, you name it. But something about Buffalo, man, I don't know. Josh is still the golden boy. We know Justin Herbert's the golden boy. He's held to, not even held to a higher standard. Lamar's held to a standard up here. Those guys are like, down here in the eyes of national media. They're the golden boys. We know that. All right, so let's go on to uh, what's this that you found out from uh, – I haven't listened to this yet. There's a Tory Smith reaction to, to Zay Flowers' debut. Um, well, I'm interested in hearing this. I, I, we just both love Tory's perspective. He's doing a lot of media these days, former Ravens Super Bowl winning wide receiver. Same thing for the Eagles as well. Got a couple rings. We, I've, have we had him on here before? No, I don't think we've had him on here before. I've had him on when I was in radio and stuff. I just think he's super insightful, and he watched closely. He watched the film from, say, Flowers' tape in his rookie debut regular season-wise and had this to say about it. Zay is as good as everyone has said from the beginning. I'm going to tell you all and remind you all every chance I get that Zay was my favorite receiver in the draft. Watched him at BC, and, and he was a dog. Right? And he's, you're seeing the exact same thing here in the pros. He's explosive. I mean, it's not even like he's taking crazy hits. He knows how to protect himself. He knows how to get down. But I promise you, the first person will not touch him. Say that consistently, the first person that's going to touch him, and he turns a short game into a big one. And so for Zay, finished up with nine catches and 78 yards. He's probably not going to get that many targets all the time, but he is a guy that will consistently be fed. So for those fantasy folks out there, I would like to thank Zay Flowers as someone that you want on your team simply because he can be a home run threat at any given time. And you know the Ravens are going to be run heavy first, but there are going to be plenty of opportunities to pass the ball. And when you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, anything is possible, especially things when they happen off script. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
So uh, nothing that we didn't already know. But again, the guy the perspective of of Tory essentially doubling down on what we saw, what our eyes told us from Sunday. Are you hearing an echo at all? My my headphones just went out, so now you're on my computer. You don't hear it? No, okay. I'm good. Okay, good. What's this chart you got here? Okay, so this chart. I need to go back while you're talking. I got to go back and find out who put it together. I need to give credit for it. Oh, it's um, right in the bottom there. There you go. Fan fantasy point points data. So anyway, <laughs> I love the title of it. Alpha receivers. I like that adjective for one Zay Flowers. Alpha receivers. So what this is, it's a chart that tracks the first reads. Okay. First reads target share. Okay. So who, what quarterback is looking for which receivers the, at first when they go off, look at how far out do you see Zay flowers on this? No, no. Hold on a second. I don't know how this pulled in the wrong one. Hey, let's move on to Roquan Smith. I'll track it down. Okay. This is a cool chart though. I mean, all the names that are on here for the most part, are alphas. So that's definitely, Ryan definitely uses the right adjective for that. But yeah, you do that and we'll share what we didn't, we just ran out of time, quite honestly, on Tuesday's morning vault. It was Ravens Wired and a segment specifically about our guy, Roquan Smith. Here we go. And let's take this tool right here. Come here. Come here. I play to the whistle. I play to the whistle. Gives it to Pierce. Works to the right side. He's hit. He's stopped. And the Ravens will take Come over on down. Come here. Come here. Come here. Before he went down. Yeah. Before he went down. Out takes a snap under pressure, hit, wrapped up and sacked. Roquan Smith. Let's go. Come here. It's too easy. It's too easy. Oh my, I cannot believe we didn't get to that a day ago. That was so worth it. That was so worth it. He is such a trash talker on the field and I'm here for it. We try to get him to like say a little something for Jamar Chase and all that. He wasn't biting, but once he gets on the field, he is, he is for it. How about the time he's tackling a dude and as he's smashing, he's literally yelling out loud, I love this. I love this. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, episode one of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith powered by Cybertech is out and available right now across all of our platforms. If you haven't already checked that out, uh, it was dropped. Our first one dropped on Monday afternoon, but my favorite one was, and there's so many different moments, but the one where CJ Stroud is calling for, you know, essentially like a late hit 
on Roquan. And as it happens, <laughs> Roquan immediately gets up and says, that, as he was down, that was as he was going down. And I was right there. And he's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he's walking away from the pile like it was a no-doubter. It was pretty dang close to being a late hit. But he was like 100% or unnecessary roughness or whatever it would have been. So, yeah, he's. I hope they mic him up every chance they get because he is pure entertainment. He is so much fun to watch. He's flying around. And as you pointed out, the guy's literally talking and like so thrilled to be there in the moments of actually tackling and doing his business. Beast. Um, I don't what we're gonna ask him the next time he's he's on our show this this Monday. Um, I don't think they showed it here, but he starts giving himself all these nicknames. He's like, I'm Agent Zero. I'm the operator. I'm the Terminator. And PQ's like, you got to pick one. He's like, no, I'm. Uh, what I want to ask him is, is there like a different like personality with each of these names? And if so, what does each personality bring that like Roquan kind of like it's his <clears throat> alternate, you know, identities and whatnot. So. Anyway, I don't know how I pulled in the wrong slide last time. Just back to Zay real quick before we get to all of these quick hits. Um, look at this. Okay, so this is the yeah first read target share of all NFL wide receivers. Now you see Zay, and you see how far in front he is. And for those that are audio only, this chart is like a gazillion names all the way to the left of the chart, and they're all like bunched up together. Then to the right this? is Zay Flowers all by himself. I mean, just completely all by himself. He has 15% more first reads than any receiver, anyone in the entire NFL in the first week. I mean, if that doesn't tell you how much faith Lamar and Todd Munkin has in him, I mean, that's just there's a visual for it right there. Let's do this based on the Maryland map for our Marylanders. If... The majority of this chart, all the alphas, are in Baltimore City. Right? They're all all their dots are in Baltimore City. Zay's in Ocean City. He's on his <laughs> own island. He's in Ocean City. He's chilling at Secrets. He knows he's that dog. He knows he's that boy. And that's where he is geographically speaking. Love the chart. Great find. Alpha. Alpha. Quick hits. All right. Go, let's go, let's go. Uh, you got RG3. <laughs> Funniest thing I, I saw today. I see this. I looked at it right before we started. <laughs> Funniest uh, thing I saw today. I did not expect the music at the end. Let's go. This is good. RG3 got on ESPN Tuesday morning after the Jets win, and they're obviously their quarterback situation is, is up in the air right now with Aaron Rodgers down, and talked a little bit about what the Jets should potentially do, and some of his experiences. We know that he hasn't officially retired from the NFL yet. He still has conversations with people around the league, and here's what it sounded like courtesy of ESPN. Talk about free agent quarterbacks. Yeah. There's a reason that certain guys aren't in the league. It's because they're uninspired, but Foxy knows this. Some of these guys like Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, myself, it's not that we can't play the game anymore. It's that we're a big distraction if you bring us in. I had a GM tell me this offseason, hey, man, I know you can still play. You look like you can still play. But if we bring you in, it's going to be a distraction for our starting quarterback. So now that your starter and Aaron Rodgers is out, you can potentially go and grab some of those guys.
<laughs> so important for our audio only audience here. It's a full panel of guys, including Dominique Foxworth, former Raven, and Dan Graziano, one of the ESPN reporters. And when RG mentions himself, Dominique's face was priceless. Dan Graziano almost like looks at the camera and he's like, what, what, did, what did he just say? Now, that was put together by a guy named Mr. Burns on Twitter. RG3, quote, tweeted, my buddy Grant Paulson, I used to be a colleague of his down in the D.C. market. He works on the fan. He works on with MLB Network. He does a ton of different things in the D.C. market. Grant, quote, tweeted that with no caption whatsoever, kind of trolling RG3 a little bit, making fun of him. It, isn't Robert that just retweeting? That. If there's no caption, isn't that just retweeting? Essentially retweeting it, right? Okay. Endorsing it, whatever you want to call it. RG3 takes exception to it. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he and Grant have a past. Obviously, things didn't work out too well for him in Washington, as we know. But RG3 comes back at Grant and says, Grant, stop chasing clout. Do your job and post the whole clip instead of being a weasel. The point is Zach Wilson gives the Jets the best chance to win no one off the street will save the Jets, and he includes the full 50-second clip. The first one you just heard was only 37 seconds. There is more context to that. Point being, funny, not in RG3's mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely trying to clown on him for sure. So so you're saying in the, in the extended clip, he said that Wilson gives them the best chance. And that none of these guys that haven't played football in a while, including himself, would but they they wouldn't necessarily be the savior over right. right 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 well but then it kind of like goes back to his original point though that it's like we would be too much of a distraction well the same would go for if wilson still considered better you wouldn't you still then it would just put pressure on wilson the whole time yeah. so yeah. anyway whatever moving way, on with with quick hits and and before we do can we please put put all the political agenda aside the Colin Kaepernick discussion is so bizarre to me. He hasn't played in the NFL since 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he did during training camp of 2017. It's been so long. He's not the answer. Please. Why would you sign him over Carson Wentz if you're the New York Jets? It makes zero sense to me. Anyway, moving on, unless you have something to add there. No, it just it's funny because here you have RG3 semi-pitching himself. You have... The agent of Kaepernick putting himself out. We got Rich Samini putting Joe Flacco out. Like all these quarterbacks are like, ooh, 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 pick, you know, pick me, pick me, which is like whatever. They all want to play again. I, I get it. All right. Giants of all people, who, who would have thought the Giants are working out a former Raven? I mean, it couldn't be them. It's not like they've ever signed any former Ravens before. Oh, wait, only like all of them. Uh, they're, they're, they're working out free agent wide receiver James Prochet. Um, well, I will say this. I hope Prochet gets signed. I want to see him in the league. Uh, so best of luck to him. And then I just wanted to put up here, because I don't feel like we've gotten too much to it. So uh, the highest graded Ravens on defense uh, against the Texans, um, according to PFF, is obviously Roquan. Who else would it be? At an 86.2. But these are the two I wanted to get to. Odafe Owe at 83.4, and then Ardarius Washington at 79.4. I um, had, you were in Las Vegas, I had on Jason from Huddle Up Films, and he was saying that, um, actually, no, this is when I went on his show. 
I, I'm trying to keep it all together. But anyway, he talked about how he would frustrate him with uh, Odafiowe being able to time things up with the snap of the ball. And, you know, he went into, into detail about some of the technique or whatever. Um, he reached out to me. He's like, oh, I'm going to do a cut, you know, of Odafiowe because everything I wanted to see, he did. And if you talk to all the film guys, they're all just like, what has gotten into Odafe Owe? Because he looks like a different man. So obviously didn't have any of the sacks, but it's but like on film, people are really loving what he's doing. So I'm hoping that translates to more and more pretty disruptive. Our Darius Washington, I still can't believe this is a former rookie free agent. He's out there going crazy. And then the last thing, I just we never really got around to this. Brennan Stevens, we talked about, I thought he was solid at cornerback. Obviously, he's also a former running back and a former safety, so we know this guy can hit. Um, Jonas Schaefer cut out the all 22 of that massive hit he lays here um, on this deep pass from Stroud. Um, who does that give it to? Oh! Fantastic timing. Oh, my gosh! Yep. Uh, uh, oh! Homeboy got rocked. I do not know who that is. And he probably doesn't even know who he was <laughs> the few yeah. seconds after that. But I felt like the Ravens were just hitting people so hard from so many. It, it feels like Ravens defense again. There were so many rough hits, but I wanted to highlight that, highlight that one from Brandon Stevens. Especially because he's been, he's certainly drawn the ire of this fan base quite often over the years. So it's nice to see him making plays out there. Who did this study on angriest fan bases after week one? So this is, let me look it up. It's it's a gambling website, and I forgot its name, so I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, point, point being, Ravens you, you fall inside. You run it through here. Yeah, the uh, Ravens fall inside the top ten, obviously. Uh, this well, had to have been done. This, they're number this, five. No, this is after week one. Right, but this this had to have been done. How are the Jets only three? Well, well, that's the thing is, I mean, this came out Tuesday morning, so it comes out after uh, all the games have been played. Um, so I, I think they're only number three, but this is what I was thinking is because they ended up getting the win, you know, and they don't get a lot of wins. <laughs> yeah. So they're happy with actually getting a win. And overcoming all that adversity, but still, obviously, yeah, pretty upset. The Texans, number two, Giants, number one, Bears, number four. It all makes sense. And then the Ravens, number five. And the Ravens obviously had um, a rusty week, but they had a they had a decisive win. I mean, that I mean, at halftime it was tied, but then or or close to that, but then they ran away with it in the fourth quarter. But I think in part this is just like. Ravens fans have been dealing with injuries for so long and they're used to a high standard. And so you put those injuries together with like a, a like not, not reaching the expectations you wanted on the offense and uh, you know, makes you angry. would love to know how they compiled those numbers <laughs> formula wise, <laughs> but anyway, let's finish here. We wanted to shout out and thank as always three of our returning patrons from inside the vault. They're supporting us through Patreon this month and everything we're doing. So we appreciate you guys, Lisa Schaffner and Lisa and Bryant Mason. Thank you all for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there, now that we are officially into the 2023 season, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. So with that, we will be back on what 
Thursday morning with a new fresh episode on the vault. We have our guest line up. It's, um, you know, of course, every single week we're going to be doing our uh, opponent episodes, preview episodes for that weekend game. This week, obviously, it's Cincinnati. So your old friend used to be an intern, I believe, at, with the Ravens, you told me. Yep. Kelsey Conway yep. for the Cincinnati perspective will join us this week. So be on the lookout for that and hit us with your questions if you haven't already done so. You can hit us up through email, baltimoreravensvault.gmail.com. We're easily findable as well across all social media platforms. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday morning vault edition. We'll talk to you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.